0: God, thank you so much for being so incredibly good to us, God. Thank you. Father, you'd even allow us to come into your throne room and pray, God, Lord, just just old sinners saved by your grace that you'd take time to hear our pleas, God, and hear our complaints. And God, that you'd reach down and touch and and heal the sick and, and God, meet needs, Father. I just want to tell you thank you for being so good, Father. I pray you take each one of these needs tonight. Lord, would you would you reach down, God, and give healing. Lord, give, give comfort and, and grace where it's needed. Lord, I pray you meet with us as we look here in your word. Father, you gave us a book. You, you wrote it through the hand of one of your apostles, and you called it the Acts of the Apostles, and you gave it to us to learn that we might study and learn more about the church, God. I pray, Father, you teach us. I pray you help us to be pleasing to you. I pray most of all, God, that everything we do tonight would be pleasing to you. But, Lord, I do pray, would you speak to us? Teach us something about your word that would help us to serve you better. We love you, God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name amen um before i forget if any of you guys your one-year bibles came in yesterday larry was so kind as to bring them up there was 800 of them out there i set one of the boxes on the table so if you've already started your one-year reading plan and you don't have your bible yet go ahead and grab it tonight it's the easiest way in the world to do it i mean you open to january 11th and you read to the 12th you don't have to look back at dates you don't have to see stop start it's just very simple um, so if you like doing it in your own Bible, that's fine. Use the charts that was printed, and, and that'll keep you it's the same as this Bible. But if you want the Bible, there's one box sitting on the table. Just grab them. If you want to pay for them, they're $12. You can take care of that however you want to at the church, and if not, it's okay. I told you I don't mind investing money. I just don't want to waste it. If you get it, read it. Um, that, that's just reality of it. It's just a great opportunity for us as a family to read the Bible through together this year. I believe God will do something great. I believe God will do something great and He's alive. I believe God will do something great in all of us. So Acts chapter 19, last week we left off. We're at verse 19 and 20 where the people had come and the Bible said they brought their instruments of sin. They brought their books of sorcery and it says they cast them in the fire and burn them. They brought um, some of their idols and little things they had in their houses. They brought anything that would hinder their walk with the Lord. Anything that would hinder them from establishing a relationship with Christ. One of the things that we looked at is that that's something that a lot of people in today's world are not willing to do. Hear the gospel, okay. Hear about Christ, okay. Say a prayer, get saved, yeah, that sounds good. I don't have to go to hell, that sounds great. I'd love to say that, but change my life, no, uh-uh. Change the way I'm living, no, I don't want to do that. Stop doing the things I'm doing. That's not called salvation. If it doesn't change on the inside, if it doesn't change on the outside, then it doesn't change on the inside. It has to be a life change, a heart change. And a lot of people, that they want to say, well, you know, I said a prayer. Well, if you said a prayer and the Holy Spirit moved in, things are going to change. And if nothing changed, then nothing changed. I'll just kind of leave it like that. People are just not willing to give up the worldly things that are in their life. They're not willing to to give up the things that, that they call pleasure, but the things of the world... But what we see beginning in verse number 19, it said, many of them also which used curious arts, brought their books together, burned them before all men. But it says they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So even though many of these things are worth a ton of money, remember we looked at the 30 pieces of silver as the price that that Judas Iscariot was paid for betraying Jesus Christ, 30 pieces of silver. It says that this stuff's worth 50,000 pieces of silver. But even though some of it's worth a lot of money, they wanted to get this stuff out out of their life. They wanted to get the worldly things out of their life. They wanted to get their past out of their life. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. They really want to live a life pleasing to God. But because of that, verse number 20 says that mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. If we want the word of God to grow in our own lives, then we need to get rid of the competition that's in our own lives. The Holy Spirit moves into our hearts when we get saved, but he's not coming in there to be a competitor. He's not coming in to compete with all the garbage of the world you put in there. He will help us clean out the closets. He will help us dust off the shelves. He will help us get some things right, but he's not going to force those things. He's not going to come in and just start throwing stuff out. So it's up to us to get all of the things out. Out of our life, the things that hold us back, the things that hinders us. And that's what these people did. They got rid of their past. They got rid of the things that would hinder their walk with the Lord. And because of that, it says that the word of the Lord grew, the, the word of the Lord prevailed. If we want to make a difference in, in our hometown, if we want to make a difference, we pray. God, help us to change LaGrange, Georgia, one soul at a time. Father, help us to make a difference in our hometown. You put us on a hill for a reason. Help us to be a light on a hill like a city that can't be hidden we don't want to be hidden help us god to to reach lagrange georgia with the gospel of jesus christ help us to make a difference in our own hometown if we want those things it has to start with us if we're if we're going to reach lagrange georgia it's got to start right here it's got to start with the man in the mirror I've got to start working on me. If I work on cleaning up me, I work on reading God's word. I work on getting things of the past. I work on trying to be more more pleasing than God can use us. But it's up to us to start right here. So before we read verse number 21, something I want to just point out real quick because we've got the Easter play coming up. We talked about this last night down at the men's prayer meeting. (laughs) As a church... I, I want to make sure we're all on the same page. You know, we started January 1st reading the word of God together in a year to read the Bible through this year, to do things together this year. We're praying for God to use us. We're praying for God to give us vision, to give us direction, to reach our hometown. We, we started with the, he, the He's Alive sign up last week. He's Alive meeting this week. He's Alive practice starts Next week, I want you guys to be doing prayer. There's a lot of decisions to be made concerning He's alive because spring break is absolutely killing us. It starts the week before and it ends on Easter Sunday. So we, we wanted to do it the Sunday before and the Friday, Saturday of. That covers up spring spring break, but we're trying to just... We're trying to be fair to all the cast and make a way to put in this. So we're probably going to do it a week early, but nonetheless, there's a lot of prayer going into it. There's a lot of prayer going towards the play, trying to, to put things there. So we're expecting God to use us. We're expecting God to do great things. But you, you can't do the things we're talking about doing and not expect opposition. You can't pray and ask God to use you. You can't set out as a church to read the Word of God together in a year and to do things together and prayer meetings together and do He's alive and ask God to bless it and not expect the devil to come against it because the devil is going to be against everything that we're doing. Amen? So so we can't expect the devil to not attack, but we can't expect victory over the devil. We, we can't... We can't not expect opposition, but we can expect to be victorious over the opposition. We may have to take a couple dirt roads. We may have to walk through some valley. God may allow some potholes along the way, but, but he'll take care of things. You fixing your sleeves or you pointing at me? Man, I thought I was doing something wrong. I saw them hands. I said, what? My microphone's on. So, so it, it's going it's to be up to us to, to get stuff out of our life and try to walk as close to God as we can, so that we can pray and be victorious. But at any rate, verse number 21, I was going to read several of them together, but let me just read a couple, and, and we'll we'll take them one verse at a time. <laughs> after these things were ended, Paul purposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. I'm not going to spend any time there. I had a little bit, but we're going to be short on time tonight, and... Um, there there's a lot more stuff here in this particular story here at Ephesus. So he sent to Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season. At the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. It says that, "...whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying, they be no gods which are made with hand." Paul has been in Ephesus at this point for about two and a half years on this third missionary journey. And what we see is that God is making a difference in people's lives. We don't just see it in what the Bible says. We don't just see it in the scriptures. But we see it in what Demetrius says. We see it in what this silversmith says. Paul's making a difference. Lives are being changed. Ephesus is being changed. and Lives are being saved. The church is being added to. But not everybody is happy about that. The same thing is true today. Just because God is making a difference in our lives, just because you and I may be growing closer to the Lord or God may be using you and I to do something, even if God uses us greatly, even if we see the city of LaGrange changed, even if we see our hometown growing closer to the Lord, everybody is not going to be happy about that. And I just plug this in for you. Some of the ones that are going to come against you and some of the ones that are going to have stuff to say are going to surprise you. Some of your friends ain't as friendly as you think. Some of the people you're around ain't quite as godly as you think. They, they, they'll, they'll say stuff that'll surprise you. But anyway, the, the ones that are unhappy here in this text is the silversmiths. Because one of their greatest sources of income is the sale of these little trinkets, these little idols, the, the parts of, of Diana. And, and, you know, I mean, the, the Diana is a big deal here. The Temple of Dianam is mean, one of the, the seven wonders of the ancient world, and, and it's here at Ephesus. And so they, they make these things, and th- it's extremely profitable to these silversmiths to make it. You know, a lot of times, in a lot of cases, pe- people get mad about something. And you can have a lot of people mad about something, but all it takes is just one to stand up and get it started, right? And, and that's kind of what we have here. We, we got this one Demetrius. See, the reality is, is all the other silversmiths are nothing more than his competitors. I mean, a week ago, he probably didn't care nothing about none of them. A month ago, he probably didn't even like most of them, but now he needs them. But because they're they're on the same side he's finding out that they're all losing money. So he gathers anybody that'll listen along with all the silversmiths. And he says, this this Christianity stuff's got to go. If it doesn't go, all of us are going to go Broke. See, it's the same thing that that we see in in the world today. People don't care that lives are being saved. People don't care that, that souls are being saved and lives are being changed. Demetrius, he doesn't care. He doesn't even care about these other silversmiths. He cares about him. He's just using them to help him. He don't have enough power to fix it himself. So he's gathering them around. He's going to use them to help himself. Verse 24 said that, that he, he which made silver shrines for Diana brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. What we see is this is a very profitable life for them. This is a very profitable business making these little silver figurines. And I'm sure same for the carpenters making the little wooden figurines. This is a very profitable business. It says there that. That verse 25, that he called together with workmen of like occupation, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. See, another thing you can kind of assume from that text, this is obviously, he says, what well, we have our wealth. This is probably some men that have some pretty fair money. Some of them are probably rich, but I imagine all of them are doing quite well. The, the reality, you look at business owners the way you want to. The truth is most business owners have worked their fingers to the bone to have what they have, but they usually have something. People that have built business and put stuff together, they usually have some pretty decent houses. They have some pretty decent cars. They, they have worked their fingers to the bone to have it, but they got it. And that's kind of what these people... See, you don't have to be working in an honest business to make money. Hello. You, you don't have to be working in a Christian business to make money. They're, they're making idols. They don't care what they make as long as it sells. So, so they're making these little trinkets and you got, you got these business owners that are there. You know, most of the time, most of the time business owners that have worked hard to get somewhere, they're usually pretty well known in their community. And a lot of times they even have a little pull in their community because they've worked hard to get there. So they're usually pretty well known. You've got this whole gathering of business owners and apparently none of them are Christians. If they are, they certainly don't step up to the plate and say so. But he says in verse 26, Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul had persuaded and turned away much people saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. Absolute truth, one God, one Father, one Son, one Holy Ghost, one God. Anything made with hands is a false God. And and that's what he puts out. See, it's important that we remember... Why God sent Paul here in the first place. Remember this isn't just Ephesus. Remember we've repeated it over and over. How God forbade him to go to a city. Forbade him to go to a city. Forbade him to go to a city. To get him to Asia. That the gospel might be spread around the world. And what we see is it's doing exactly what God sent him here to do. And it is confirmed in what Demetrius says. The silversmith. It says that that it's not just here. But, but it's it's almost all throughout. All of Asia Diana, that would have been the worship of Artemis that, that, That's a big practice The, the entire Asian population or, or population of Asia And that would be very familiar that, That's their, their main focus That's the main god of that region So these, these guys selling these trinkets th- This isn't just somebody Making a little something Selling at a mom and pop store on the corner I mean these guys are Amazon they're, they're making this stuff. They're shipping this stuff all over Asia. They're, they're sending this stuff. This is a port city. This is a major port city in and out. So I mean, they're sending these things out by, by the box fulls to, to a great population. So, so the, what they're talking about is not just casual Christianity, the, this kind of stuff that we've got a big dose of going on in our society today that that's that's not what you've got going on right here this isn't just people are saying a little prayer and going on with with life as usual this is a way of life change this is people getting the old stuff out of their life this is people says i'm not going there anymore i'm not doing that anymore i'm filled with the Holy Spirit, don't even want to do that. I'm not talking like that anymore. I'm not taking that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm burning the old books. I'm getting rid of the idols. I'm cleaning up stuff out of my life. And with the Lord's help, I'm going to become more like Christ. This is life changes. And the change is so great that it is affecting all of these small businesses of the country. So Paul's doing a great work. Actually, Paul's not. The Holy Spirit is doing a great work. Through the apostle Paul. He's got a man preaching the gospel with his disciples and people around him. And and they're literally changing the world. You know, we've seen a lot of opposition come against Paul, right? Almost every city he goes into, remember he goes into the synagogue first to establish some relationships, to establish some common grounds, and he starts there. And in every city we've seen opposition. But every time that we've seen opposition except for once, it came from the Jewish synagogue, right? He came from the rulers of the the Jewish people. This is only the second time that we have seen the Gentiles rise up against Christianity. This is only the second time we've seen the Gentiles rise up uh, against the Apostle Paul and what is going on in the growing of the church. And both times, it's all about money. Demetrius says, this guy Paul? He's persuaded and he's turned away a multitude of people with his teachings. And in his teachings, he claims that there's only one God. And that there's no such thing as a God made with hands. He's saying that what we're doing is no good. In verse 27, he says, Not only this our craft in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia Asia, and the world worshipeth." There you have it. That is the world's perspective. That all, all Asia and the world worshipeth. Demetrius says, all Asia and the world. No, no, no they don't. No, they don't. If it did, he wouldn't be having this conversation because a lot of them have become Christians and they're no longer buying the idols. A lot of them may not be Christians, but they also may not be serving Artemis, the goddess Diana. So, But, but see, that's the way the devil does things. He plants things in their mind. That, that this is what everybody else is doing. So it's, it's okay. Everybody else drinks. No, they don't. Everybody else cusses. No, they don't. Everybody else does a little bit of drugs. No, they don't. Now, you know, everybody has a little something on the side outside their marriage. No, they don't. Christians don't. People sold out to live for God don't. No, do, they, do we sin? Do we make mistakes? Yes. Do we think bad things? Yes. But but do we do? But that's the lie that, that the devil uses people over and over. Everybody else does it. No, they don't. That's what the devil sa- says to encourage people to make people think it's okay. If it's against that book, it's not okay. If it's out of the will of God, it's not okay. If it's not in perfect alignment, not, I ain't talking about skirting around the edges, I ain't talking about gray areas. If it's not in perfect alignment with that book, it's not okay. Right. But the devil will tell you, everybody else does it, to try to make you think it's okay. And that's exactly what Demetrius right here does. See, the Bible makes it clear that we are still in this world. John said and I ain't home. We're still in this world, but we're not of this world. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, John chapter 17, he said in verse number 11, I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, son of perdition, that scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, Because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Jesus says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Everybody don't do what the world does. Christians don't. Demetrius says that everybody worships Diana. All of Asia, all of the world worships her 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 magnificence there. All of the deeds. See, all it took was for one person to stand up and tell a lie. All it took was for one person to stand up and lead to this confusion, and the devil loves that. One man, Demetrius, he gathers up all the people that a month ago were his competitors. Three weeks ago, he was talking about them. They can't make one as good as I can. Theirs is a little junk. You need to buy mine because they're no good. I mean, this is the people he was talking about. And now he's got them all gathered up. And, and now he's gathered them and he's filled them with the lies of the world. And he has the whole mob here in an uproar. Verse number 28. They, they that heard these sayings. They were full of wrath. I mean, man, all of a sudden they're ticked off. They were fine till Demetrius got everything going. So you got it all stirred up. They're, they're full of wrath. They cried out saying, "Greatest Diana of the Ephesians. You know what makes it even worse? Verse 29 says that the whole city, it starts out right there and says that the whole city was filled with confusion. The devil loves that. If it's confused, it's not of God. If it is confusion... It is ungodliness, period. We, we know that, that God is not the author of, of confusion. The devil loves to create confusion. The devil loves to create confusion in a church. He, he comes in with people. He loves to sow discord. God makes it very clear that, that he's not a, a God of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all churches of the saints. God also makes it clear that he despises discord. Six things doth the Lord hate in the book of Proverbs chapter 6. Seven is an abomination. Number seven is he that soweth discord among the brethren. It is an abomination to God for somebody to attempt to sow discord in a church. For someone to attempt to sow discord between a brother or sister in Christ. God says six things I hate. And he talks about liars and all the things there. But he said one of them is an abomination. He that sows discord. Well, that's what Demetrius is doing here. Granted, not in the church, but he's trying to bring the church into it. He's actually trying to take the church out of it. It says that the whole city was filled with confusion. Confusion having caught Gaius. And Aristarchus of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. When Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. Certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent to him, desiring that he would not adventure himself into the theater. And that's where this is going on, in this big Colosseum at the theater. He's got a crowd going on there now. And it says that certain of Asia's friends sent him, desiring he would not adventure. Some, therefore, cried one thing and, and some another for the assembly was confused. it? that's the way it goes. He's got him, he got him mad. Now he got people in there and everybody's mad and everybody's mad about something. Most of them ain't even the same thing. Half of them don't even know what the confusion's about. It, it says that they don't they don't even know the assembly is confused. And, and the more part knew not, wherefore, when they come together, we don't even know why we're here. I just know I'm mad. Just because everybody around me is mad, I don't know what we're mad about, but I'm mad about something. They ain't even all mad about the same thing, but he's got it stirred up and he's got this big, mob going about it, and the apostle Paul hears about it, and, and he's thinking, great ministry opportunity, probably not a good idea, but great ministry opportunity, I'm, I'm going in, I, I'm going to talk to him, and the disciples, his friends is like, no, nah. no, that's not, that's not, that's not where you need to be, brother, I mean, I know you fear no man, I, I know you're protected of the Holy Spirit, I know, I know you're the apostle Paul, but yeah, that, that, that That's not a good idea. We also see the, the Apostle Paul and Christianity has some friends in high places. He has some important friends in verse number 31. Certain of the chief of Asia. That, that's, that's the big wigs. That, that's the leaders of the town. That's leaders in Ephesus. That's leaders throughout Asia. It, it, it says that they which were his friends sent unto him desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. So we have... All of this confusion that this one man's brought in, this one man's got it all stirred up. In verse number 32, some therefore cried one thing, some another, for the assembly was confused. The more part knew not wherefore they come together. Verse 33 goes on that that they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with his hand and would have made his defense unto the people. This man, Alexander, is obviously a prominent man among the Jews. He's obviously a pretty important man. He's obviously somebody that thinks he's got a lot of pull, but what he finds out, he ain't got the pull he thinks he's got. He goes in and holds his hand up like, everybody be quiet. I got something to say. Let me just make sense of all this. He thought because he stepped up that he's going to calm him down. He was wrong. You you see that the mob continues on. Now, we we do know um, that this Alexander, he's against the church. He's against the Apostle Paul. He's he's against Christianity. When the Apostle Paul wrote his first letter to young Timothy, he says in chapter 1 and verse 19, holding faith and good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck." of whom is Himanias and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So we find out this guy is not a friend of the Christian. He's just one of the so-called Jewish elite. He's going to step up and try to to reason it. He's going to try to gain some Jewish publicity is what he's after right here. Then the second letter to Timothy, Paul said in chapter 4 and verse number 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou. Aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. So we know that this Alexander causes Paul some problems. He's not stepping up in defense of Paul. He's not stepping up in defense of Christianity. He's stepping up to, to gain some public notoriety, to do some things about himself. But it says in verse 34 when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Obviously, he didn't get anywhere. For, for two hours, they're crying out. For two hours, you got this mob just going on. And in verse number 35, that when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana, and the image which fell down from Jupiter. So the, the town clerk would be in the most important man in the town, the mo- the most important guy around. He he comes up and he begins. What he does is he reassures them. See, they're mad about because they're not getting to do their little trinkets about Diana. They're mad about their idols. They're mad about their stuff. So he, he gets in by reassuring them, hey, everybody knows that we serve the goddess Diana. Everybody knows that 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 we, you know, we we're worshipers of Artemis and, and, and came down from Jupiter. Everybody knows these things and he uses that to get their attention. And then he says, seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, you ought to be quiet. You ought to do nothing rashly. So, so he uses what they believe to try to calm them down. He, he basically takes their side. Look, we know we worship Diana, right? He, that, 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 that's where he takes their side, and, and rightfully so. These silversmiths and these people are there, they're, they're there because they're worshipers, worshipers of the goddess Diana and, and of the temple of the goddess Diana. And so he uses that to get their attention. He says in verse 37, for you have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. He says they, they're, not, they're not blaspheming your goddess. They're, they're not tearing down your goddess. They may be talking about a different god. They may be talking about a different religion. But they're not blasphemers. They haven't blasphemed your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and, and the craftsmen which are with him, if they have a matter against any man, the law is open and there are deputies. Let them then plead one another. But if you inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. He says, what you're doing is illegal. What you're doing right here is an unlawful assembly. And here's what he's worried about. See, Ephesus is under the control of Rome. And there's a very strict law that the Romans have uh, against an unlawful assembly. It, It could bring judgment on all of Ephesus. And all these leaders, including this town clerk, can be in a lot of trouble because it's going on what he says. Look, look, Demetrius and these guys, they've come together, and they're bringing all these charges, but these men haven't done anything illegal. That they've come in and they've created this uproar. If anything illegal is going on, it's what you're doing. You're, you're right here in the middle of it. You're the ones doing things wrong. And Demetrius, if you've got a problem, if they've done something illegal, we, we have the deputies. We have the courts. You take it and you do things legal. You do things right. But that's what he's telling them. This unlawful assembly is going to get us all in trouble. For, for we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. So here's the deal back to Paul. Paul was going to go in and try to calm it down. Paul was going to go in and try to talk to the people and, and witness. Paul would have probably got stoned again. Paul would have probably gotten beat again. Paul would have probably gotten thrown out of town again. They, they weren't, anybody knows sometimes somebody just ain't in the right mood to witness to them. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I'm talking about? The, I mean, there, there's a time when it just ain't time. I mean, there's always time for God. There's always time to do the right thing. But there's time, I mean, you can't just break up, stop somebody in the middle of a fight, down the middle of a fist fight, and you stop and want to try to witness to them. It just ain't the time. You know what I'm talking about? So, so it really just wasn't a time. Paul wasn't fixing to go into this assembly and lead anybody to the Lord. So, so the Holy Spirit used his friends and even used some friends in high places to keep him going there. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to stay out of the way. Sometimes you just got to stay out of the way and let God do what God does. And that's what God did here. He he let them go ahead, he let them sell their peace, he let them have their little fit. He sends somebody in and he calms it back down. But what you find out beyond here is there's no hindrance to Paul's preaching in Ephesus. Had Paul gone in and got thrown out, it probably shut the door at Ephesus. It probably took his ability from being able to go back in the minister. But because he wasn't involved in this at all, you, you don't find where it closes the door to his preaching at Ephesus. You don't find where it shuts the door to the preaching of all of Asia. You don't find where it stops the spreading of the gospel sometimes you just got to stay out of the way and let God take care of it. Amen. Sometimes we have really good ideas, but the Holy Spirit ain't backing them up, then it really ain't that good of an idea. Sometimes when God says speak, you just got to speak. But when God says be quiet, you just got to shut up. Sometimes when God says go, you just got to go. But sometimes when God says stay where you're at, you just got to be still and know that he is the Lord. That See, that, that's the thing that we see, and we've seen it several times in Paul's life, and we see it again here. Sometimes you got to do it, Paul, to just stay out of the way and, and let God bring this thing down, and then he come right on back into the city and he still has his opportunity to continue to preach the gospel. Well, I'm, I'm out of time, and, and we're down to another chapter, so that looks like a really great place to just pick up over here in chapter number 20 next week. Um, Yeah, yeah. We ain't got time to start anything else. So we'll start right there and pick up next week, Lord willing, right? Always tag Lord if it's Lord's will. Father, thank you so much for being so incredibly good. God, I pray you'd help us, Father. Help us, Lord. It is our desire to to clean up our lives, God. It is our desire to have the Holy Spirit come in and clean out closets, God. We want to live pleasing to you, Father. We want to do things that are right in your sight and, and not worldly things. Father, I pray you'd help each one of us, God. We're here tonight just to hear from your word, to learn a little something about it, God, that we, that we might walk out and be a better servant than we were when we come in. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for this precious love letter that you wrote to us, God. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. I pray you'd help us, God, to be pleasing to you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.